From coast to coast and around the world, this is Kaleidoscope, America's most exciting radio magazine. Stay tuned for more. on Facts and Figures City Watch. That is City Watch on the air. As promised, our guest is Stephen Rashal of 1080 Financial. Going to walk us through uh, the first part of the uh, first quarter and second quarter here in uh, Trump's uh, administration. We're going to talk about a couple of things that have happened the last few weeks and what uh, looks to be going on in the future. And we're going to do all that right after this. Gary at Boyles Flooring is proud to celebrate being in the flooring business over 40 years. And even after five years in the same location in Santa Clarita, he still goes out to do hands-on work with his crew. Gary says it's about the customer trust. When they call us for flooring, it's for one reason and one reason only, because they want it done right the first time. Want it done right the first time? Call Boyles Flooring, 661-284-1200, 661-284-1200. Another great place to use Visa. They say that on the Champs-Élysées in Paris, the brioche are so delicate and the pain au chocolat so delicious, you'd almost think you were at Pike Place Market in Seattle, where you'll find Le Panier, one of the finest French bakeries around. But if you want a taste of Le Panier's world-class casse-croute, bring a discerning palate and your Visa card. Because at Le Panier, they take baking to an art, but they don't take American Express. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. Double your pleasure, double your fun. That's the statement of the great myth. Double myth, come. Double your sentiment, your merriment. Double your moment of fun. Double your delight with, with the right mint. Gary at Boyles Flooring is proud to celebrate being in the flooring business over 40 years. And even after five years in the same location in Santa Clarita, he still goes out to do hands-on work with his crew. Gary says it's about the customer trust. When they call us for flooring, it's for one reason and one reason only, because they want it done right the first time. Want it done right the first time? Call Boyles Flooring, 661-284-1200, 661-284-1200. Hello and welcome back. We are with Stephen Rashal of 1080 Financial here on Facts and Figures on City Watch on the Air. Stephen, thank you so much for being with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me again. We're talking just before we went to tape about a couple of things that have been happening recently and uh, the recent uh, drop in the market, uh, over 300 points. And 
people are pronosticating about this and that and uh, what may be coming up in the next uh, next few months. Uh, we spoke in January about what you are advising investors to do uh, in the event things were doing well or in the event things didn't do so well. Are you still comfortable with uh, with what you were saying at the time that uh, equities are pretty much uh, uh, the rule unless, of course, things start to go south, in which case it's time for bonds? Yeah, and essentially we've seen that carrying throughout this year so far. Uh, we really saw a pronounced reaction to that yesterday when there was a pretty sudden drop in most equity markets globally. And the good news is we're seeing markets in general acting more reasonably because uh, opposed to, let's say, a crash when everything is dropping, bonds and stocks, so all sorts of assets, yesterday we saw what we like to see, which is when the stocks aren't doing so well, the equities or what they call the risk-on trade wasn't performing so well, we saw a lot of money float really quick into the safe haven assets and things like bonds. And in fact, a lot of those uh, bond positions had a great day yesterday. They were one of the few things in the green yesterday. So you're feeling fairly bullish on bonds at the moment? Um, I wouldn't say uh, bullish necessarily, uh, just more so that markets are stable, stable enough. I, you know, I'm not seeing any sort of a short-term you know, crash or any cause for real concern. Um, the bigger thing I would really advise against is, well, look, when we look at the news cycle, and I don't know about you, but practically every time I'm trying to get to real news, all I'm seeing is, is political noise these days. And a lot of speculation was had yesterday and even today talking about, you know, what's the, what's the story of the day of Trump this time? So it was all about these memos. And, you know, because of Trump and these memos and the administration and Russia this and Russia that, that's why the stock market's falling. Personally, I've got to pour a lot of cold water on that one because I think the noise from the media about all this political unrest and uncertainty, that is not the root of this issue. Uh, let's face it, we've had political unrest and uncertainty since the election, so that really hasn't changed. And while all this noise is going on, I think there's uh, too many people that aren't looking at the fundamentals again. Uh, some interesting numbers that came out last week, and in my opinion have more to do with the drop of confidence and equities just yesterday, that pretty steep drop in the S&P was down over 1.8% yesterday, is much more fundamental things like consumer data. I'll give you a really good example. Lately, a lot more financial institutions have been increasing their reserves to prepare for write-downs and write-offs or charge-offs. That's essentially when consumers that aren't paying their credit cards or aren't paying their automobile loans, um, those two in particular, uh, you're seeing financial institutions starting to prepare by having more reserves because their expectation is that number is going to increase. And those reports actually came out last week um, indicating that there's been a pretty dramatic drop in what's called recovery rates. So again, the ability for a credit card company to recover their, you know, what's owed to them. Specifically, these types of trends are affecting subprime borrowers, so not necessarily the people with the best credit or the best interest rates, but it's a pretty significant uptick. And you think about the longer-term ramifications of that, uh, it could be potentially leading to saying that we're in the later cycle of this full run in the market, and it may be time to think a little bit more about being protective, because when you see consumer debt and the amount of U.S. auto loan debt and the amount of consumer credit card debt increasing, 
Uh, in fact, at the end of March, uh, the, to- the total of those two numbers, the auto loan debt outstanding and consumer credit debt, is just below $2 trillion. It's a trillion with a T. Um, we haven't seen levels like that for many, many years. Now, see, and that's, that's interesting. The recession has just been climbing. That's interesting to me in that what I've heard uh, in the media, what I've heard in uh, the general pronostications of various people, is that the get people getting back into uh, buying that new car, people getting back into uh, the proper use, quote-unquote proper use of credit cards, is what the economy needs to, to stimulate it. Are we are we going against that trend? Do you think it's it's already already gone too far? Yeah, I mean, I agree in the sense that we need that, that the healthy use of debt and credit. Uh, the concerning part is that we're seeing an uptick in the unhealthy use of the debt and credit. Uh, so specifically, and that's affecting subprime borrowers, but that's doubly bad for the automakers. So automakers also, they recently saw a downtick in the amount of units that they're selling globally. So that's already not great news for the automakers and the industrials. But you add to that that you've got a lot of these subprime borrowers that are not paying their auto loans. That then makes trouble for the banks that are trying to collect on all these automobiles. And then you've got to look at these recoveries. So if a bank is able to repossess an automobile, that's how they're going to try to recover the debt that's owed to them. But if you have an abundance of that happening, and you have a, a, a glut, a, in a sense, a supply glut of automobiles, that's going to bring down the cost of automobiles, in particular, used automobiles. So if banks are having a harder time collecting, they're then rebuilding these cars that are now worth less, oftentimes less than the debt that's owed to them, that's when these banks with these bad auto loans have to take a write-down. Um, and that equation right there is not a positive thing. So what are you advocating then, at least from your point of view, and, and what are you advising your investors uh, to, to pay attention to, uh, specifically for their own portfolios? Well, I think at least in the short term, until we hear of maybe a faster pace of rate increases, going back to what we said earlier about bonds, I think there's definitely some opportunity in the bond market, specifically municipal bonds, now that the, the Treasury rates have gone down a little bit over the last few days, you've actually seen bond prices pick back up and rally, and that's a positive thing for anyone that's already holding bonds. Uh, could be something good to look at over the long term as well, but keep in mind, as, as interest rates do increase and the faster pace at which they increase, you got to keep your eye on that bond portfolio because it will be affected adversely. In terms of the stock market, the flight to quality this year, so going into the large big names of places like the S&P 500, that has paid off, but there seems to be a disconnect between how these larger U.S. corporations are performing compared to mid- and small-sized companies, what we call mid- and small-caps. And we think from an equity valuation standpoint, you probably have better opportunity right now in that mid- and small-cap space. Now, we're talking about Intermediate investing, I think if I hear you correctly, we're talking about not necessarily going after the big companies, stay with midsize and smaller companies, uh, companies that may have a chance to make necessary adjustments quickly if they have to, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's part of the story. I think also the fact that most of their businesses here domestically is also helpful. And again, just looking at the valuation, it seems like these large cap names have gotten pretty run up in values as of late. 
and maybe these valuations are a bit frothy in these large players, and where you're getting better value for your money right now is is investing in the smaller and medium-sized companies. Now, is that both internationally and domestically? Because we were talking before we went to tape about the fact that the European countries uh, are not reacting to uh, the news uh, coming out of uh, out of uh, America the way Americans are. Is that right? Yeah, I would, I'd, I'd agree with that for the most part. I think the international co- uh, countries, they're not reacting as strongly to our news cycle or our political news cycle here, but clearly there's, there's still reactions. I mean, come on, the entire global uh, markets were kind of uh, unhinged yesterday, so that, that kind of affected everyone across the board. And I think still you're going to find better opportunities. If you're, if you're an investor that's willing to take on a lot of risk um, and seeking out your performance, I think that you'll probably find more of that opportunity overseas, uh, potentially even in emerging markets, which have done very well this year as well. Um, but again, that's really only going to be suitable for investors that is willing to take on significant risk. These are small companies overseas in developing nations. There's not as much information. There's not as much infrastructure. Um, there's not as much uh, you know, safeguards and safety nets in, when you invest in places like that. You've got to be careful. Absolutely. So basically, I'm I'm hearing a couple of things from you. I'm hearing, uh, of course, be cautious, which is of course good news in any <laughs> in any climate. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you're also saying that if you are going to uh, take a leap, uh, you're going to want to do it with small caps. You're going to want to do it with companies that can turn themselves around and not necessarily listen to what's going on in the press at the moment. Yes. Yeah, and then I guess to, to steal the deal on that one, the other thing, too, is keep in mind these smaller companies tend to be the ones that are required by the larger companies. So if these large corporations right now that have these high valuations, have a lot of money on their balance sheet, um, you know, maybe share buybacks are slowing down a little bit this year, you know, they may be wanting to do other things with their money, investing their money, and that may be making a deal, right? Acquiring a, a smaller company that has some technology or some new product that they want to be in that market, and that's a great opportunity there as well for those sort of small and mid-cap players to get acquired. But you do need to be selective. Absolutely. Well, Stephen Rochal of 1080 Financial, for those who would like to uh, get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, uh, check us out online at 1080financial.com. That's 1080financial.com. Also, you can tweet at us, at 1080financial. Uh, and also on Facebook, facebook.com backslash 1080 Financial. Outstanding. As always, Stephen, a pleasure. And for those of you who have questions for us, we are, of course, at uh, citywatch-group at sbcglobal.net. I am Michael saying thanks for listening. Remember, uh, believe in yourself. If you don't, no one else will. And we will see you next time. Stephen, thanks so much. Take care.